I love being on time. The old Vince Lombardi rule, on time is late, five minutes early is on time. We're not quite five minutes early, we're one minute early. There are the clocks at seven o'clock. We're getting this call started. So here's the thing about uh, replays and video calls and coaching calls. The show goes on. The reality is I know we've all got busy lives. That's why we have replays. However, here is one thing that I've thought of lately that I've shared with a few others that do video coaching calls and group calls and the like, and that's no more replays posted out. So what I'm going to be doing with my replays from here on out that I share with you as a business owner, if you are in fact a business owner, creating content, sharing content. Obviously, if people pay for regular content, they're entitled to the replay. But for everybody else that, uh, you know, it's bonused in, uh, it's a free with purchase offer, take your replays, snip out some salient points, some great points, put them on your social channels and say, want more? Comment below. Comment what you loved about this moment. Get some more content, gets you something to post, creates engagement, and most importantly, lifts that casual connection, that casual person that you're connected to, lifts them into the opportunity for you to maybe do business with, right? Because now they're engaged with what you do. Maybe they liked what you had to say. Maybe what you had to say could help them with their business or with their life. And so anyway, I digress. You're not here exactly for that, but cool little tip about replays and figured since it's in the content you're going to be seeing, I would share it out with you. And so that's the thing about these calls. Not everybody gets the chance to show up live. We do record them. I will get them out to those that uh, got at least 10 copies of my book, The Space for Leadership, which is right here. I almost had a little mini panic session because I thought I didn't have a copy up here, but I have this copy. And uh, thank you so much for supporting me, supporting this book. I hope you've had the chance to dig into it and share it with others. Um, and uh, you really, really find uh, find some bravery within the book, find your own courageousness within the book, find your own superpower within the book, right? Standing in that gap, turning that uh, power into purpose, as I like to say. And uh, I'm excited to be here with you. So this is our first of three little sessions. Figure we'll keep these about 25, 30 minutes. If anybody jumps in, we'll leave some time for questions at the end. If not, we'll just get you the replay and I can uh, answer questions as you dig into it later. So there's really three three things I felt that I would speak about on these calls. I'll just give you the high level today. We're going to dig deeper into the concept on this call today of your leader's short sword versus your leader's shield. Okay. And that's a that's a, a, a theme and um you know, a concept that I wrote extensively about in the book. All right. So we're going to dig deeper into that tonight. Uh, next week, Tuesday night, we'll we'll dig deeper into uh, the chapter that I call New Cuts Don't Equal Old Scars. And this is about understanding that people aren't out there intentionally messing up our day. We might think they are. We might think that this person had this grand scheme, but really their grand scheme more often than not is just to get through the day. And sometimes that's, uh, sometimes that collides with our day. And, and then the third call, uh, two weeks from tonight is going to be realizing that true position, right? What I kind of started off with, um, standing in that gap, turning your purpose into power, finding that strength, that, that moment of courageousness, uh, identifying your purpose and then, and then 
are identifying your superpower and then putting it into your purpose, what you're here to truly do on this earth. And so without too much further ado, I figured I'd just jump in. Let me continue to check the uh, weight room because I do have this uh, weight roomed because I want to keep it fair. If you were somebody who purchased 10 or more copies and I had people purchase 35, I had someone purchase 50. So thank you. Thank you to everybody that purchased at least 10. Super special thanks to those that went over and above as overachievers. Kudos to you. Thank you. And uh, and so we'll get right in. Uh, doesn't look like anybody's in waiting room, but we're just going to get in. I'm going to give you this content. And then we can take the questions over to my socials uh, as I split this out. Um, you can obviously reach out to me one-on-one through direct message if you have questions on the content. But this first topic, first call, digging deeper into the sword versus the shield. So look, in our leader's toolkit, if you will, our leader's uh, devices that we have, right? We have a, a, a sword that most carry around, right? Figuratively, uh, as an analogy, right? And then we we can have a shield. And if you're carrying a shield, a shield around, maybe you're thinking of it as something that's like this out in front of us, right? Uh, a shield that protects and that we might use on offensive. I want you to think about the shield concept as first the idea of creating space. So if you think of most any epic movie where there is a sword and shield battle, right? Uh, typically a medieval movie. Um, you're going to have uh, typically the antagonist swing the sword down, the protagonist, the hero is going to block it with the shield. And what's that shield do? It creates space, right? So that's the first concept I want you to think about is creating that space to kind of block out the negative, block out the threats, as opposed to this movement, right? This is protection. Uh, this is not letting anybody in. It's almost like weaponizing. But if we're out here with it, we begin to create space. But really what I want you to think about is holding it above, holding it above our head for protection from anything that may come above us, come around us, and then think about expanding that space around you. And so others can come in. So there's no barriers. There's no uh, hindrances. There's no obstacles, right? Kind of hard for a sword to strike you or anybody in your camp with that shield all around you. And so I wanted to start with that because I want you to get that concept, get that image in your head and think about it when you lead, right? We can have a shield in our day. We can have a sword in our day. And I want you to drop that offense right now. You might think if you've known me for a while, Jeff, this is like a new page for you. This is a, who is this person in your body? You know, normally you wear black t-shirts and sweatshirts. Today, you're wearing a white sweatshirt. Well, the, you know, the reality is, and actually, let me fix my hood here. It's all a little messed up. There we go. <laughs> so you got black shirt underneath. Anyway, um, this is, this is a new, a new dynamic that I'm presenting and understand I love creating a divide in my businesses. I love going on offense and creating my businesses to be this beacon, this place of arrival 
this place where you're proud to say you do business with me and the businesses I work in and I co-own and I consult into. That's the divide I like to create. I'm not on offense cutting down other businesses. I wish them well, but I will always have my foot on the pedal to create that divide and make it an obvious choice that this business over here is the clear place to do business with. Long ago, I dropped the sword because it just wasn't working anymore, right? Really, I was cutting down everybody around me. I was cutting myself down, creating all these problems, right? We swing this sword around saying, we're in this together. We're in this together. We're in this together. Creating no space, creating no opportunity for anyone around us to really understand what we're talking about. They're just out here busy walking, trying to not get cut. So I want you to really, again, put in your mind the shield that's above your head that creates space that expands so others can come in and around your mission, around your purpose, around your reason to exist. Like, do they get excited? My people get excited when I say, foot to the floor, all gas, no brakes, let's widen the divide. Let's do things that are excellent in every way, every single day. See, that's a lot different than coming down on, well, what, what are you doing? Why aren't you doing what they're doing? I just want excellence for us. Now, as a leader, your job is to understand what excellence means for the people you actually lead. And so here's a story about space. So Labor Day weekend, and I believe it would have been 2016. Okay. I end up leaving my parking lot of the store I call them at 65 miles an hour. Now, we don't have a long parking lot. Uh, I leave the parking lot, basically Tokyo Drift. I'm upset. I'm upset because my business partner and my employees did not complete the manual commission reports and another payroll, payroll was yet again processed. It was a third time around. And we had agreed that payroll would not be processed if we did not complete these reports. And I know I sound like that guy in office space. Yeah, that'd be great. Right? Asking everybody to do their TPS reports. The reason I wanted these commission reports done is because at that point in time, we were in a, in a mode of expansion. We'd opened a second store. Uh, about six months or so prior. And uh, actually, this was 2015 uh, when we opened that second store. And we were in this mode of expansion and we wanted to get really to three, four, and five because if you don't in the in the retail mattress game, if you don't get to that fifth unit pretty quick, uh, it can really, really hamper you operationally because everything two stores does, five, six stores does, and there's really not a lot of difference. In other words, there's a lot of operational uh, uh, fill-in, that that operational expense that exists that you need to fill in quickly. Anyway, I digress. So I'm pushing these people around me to understand margin, understand profit in each deal, understand what costs of financing are, understand what the costs of freebies do, understand that discounting is an ideal, but bonusing in other product is. For all the reasons that I don't need to get into, I wanted them to understand and have the mind of an owner. These weren't owners. 
I was pointing my sword at them, wanting to knight them into ownership. And they're like, no, 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 no. I just want to be part of the kingdom. You lead. And I'm saying, no, you lead. I'm not creating any space at all. I'm saying, we're in this together. Don't you understand? What's your problem? My failure was not creating that space. My failure was not understanding the people around me. I thought because they were loyal, because they could be trusted, because they were eager about their job, they did great for us, that they wanted more. Instead, this was their journey. They were very content to have their time with us that they gave each week, but they were even more so content to have their time outside the four walls. So they just, they just weren't those people. I developed them as far enough. And I took it to a point where it almost lost me, those folks, two of them, two great people. And so that's a, a real hardcore story of kind of the sword versus shield, right? Carrying that sword around. I want you to be an owner. I'm going to knight you into management, into equity ownership, on and on and on. Instead, if I was smarter, if I'd have been more aware, if I'd have had more time for reflection as I've had a handful of years back and forward to today, I'd have realized they're not those people. I could develop them better to be part of the kingdom. I could develop them better to maybe expand within the roles of mentorship for others within the company. But instead, it had to be my way. And so I had no shield. I had no space around me. And it was very detrimental to uh, to the company. And so for me, I wanted to share that with you as a real, real-life story because oftentimes we are so, you know, we've got these blinders on, right? We're, we're, we're in this statement, this belief of we're in this together. When really together is interesting because together is just the time that we share each week with the people we employ, with our team members. But really, they're bringing a clash between work and home with them each and every day. There's a struggle, right? If they're not ownership, if they're not getting profit share, uh, if they're not getting long-term equity, then there's an exchange being made each and every day. Their time, their talents for your money. And that's okay. That can happen. That's the way this is always meant to happen. And, you know, the reality is when we say we're in this together, see what they hear is, all right, yeah, I'm, I'm in it together with you for eight to eight hours each day, minus my lunch break, minus my two other breaks, you know, minus my time I feel is needed to decompress from your nonsense, minus my time that's needed to decompress and capitulate and consternate with other coworkers and commiserate about your issues that you bring as a leader to this company, minus my time to handle your toxicity, minus my time to handle the ways you change your mind, minus my time to build the process and procedure around the new thing that you introduced yet again today that we just undid from yesterday that we tried the day before. Sound familiar? And look, I'm not saying these things to knock anybody down. I'm not saying these things to uh, try to point a finger. I'm saying these things because I am and was these things as a leader. And so when we say we're in this together, we need to understand that there's a clash not only at work and home, but there could also be that clash that exists um, 
between us, between how we're leading, going back to my example of, hey, why aren't you doing these reports? Not enunciating why I wanted it, why it was important to me. I wanted to keep that secret, right? Because I didn't want them to know. It was kind of my little, my little test, my little Jedi mind trick test, if you will, um, to, to see if people would, would level up when really they were very, very happy where they were. So when I say clash between work and home, and I say there's consternation and conflict in the statement of we're in this together, it's not only just between work and home, it's in how you lead. It's in how they fit within the company. It's in how they fit around us and in the way we allow people to come in and around us and the way we arrange these various puzzle pieces of people who are with us in life. And as leaders, it always ends with us. It always begins with us. And we're responsible for everything in between. And you may not like that. And, and I can, in a way, understand it. I can empathize with it as a business owner. You're like, look, I am here to be the very best cinder block making company possible. And that's what I want to do. My customers are rough and tumble type builder, home builder types. They build warehouses. They got guys with tattoos and beards. And their biggest issue in the day is making sure the guys aren't smuggling beer in their lunchbox. But man, there's a lot of people involved from crushing the stone in the quarry to sending block to the next big building in a town that's going to transform a town. There's a lot of steps in between. And yeah, the bearded, tattooed guys that drink beer are in there, but there's a lot of other people and those bearded, tattooed drinking guys they need some credit too, because they got a clash as well in their life. And so there's a clash with us and the way we lead, but there's a clash between work and home for them. And I, I really dig in on this because we as leaders need to understand we're getting the lion's share of their uh, weekly prime opportunity time. You know, we as business owners are focused on, at least should be, most, if not all, should be focused on minimum the $100 an hour tasks, if not $500 to $1,000 to $10,000 an hour tasks. Because if you lead a team of people, if you've got payroll, you need to do the math on what your hourly revenue generation needs to be as a business owner. Because 26 payrolls a year comes around quick. Doesn't seem like a big number, but it comes around every two weeks. and. We are responsible for that, and we are responsible to make sure we're doing the highest value work possible. That's our responsibility to everyone around us who makes $20 an hour, $25 an hour, $15 an hour. And so when I share those things, I'm not trying to speak down to anybody. I'm trying to speak to the importance of our position. And our position is to understand we can create hurdles and clash between ourselves and those on our team. We need to be the ones to remove that obstacle. We can't expect them to do it. And if we do, we got to tell them why. My friend Sammy Knight says of the teams he manages, he never wants them to bring him a problem. He wants them to bring him an answer. So his expectation is initiative. His expectation is logical thought. His expectation is thought process. Even if the answer isn't going to be the best one, or it's an answer that may fail, it's at least an answer. 
and he communicates that with his team. He's also one of the authors in the book, Leaving a Legacy. Great chapter. Great man. You should know him. You can connect with him in the book and the 11 other people in there and myself. And so, you know, we have this ability to smooth out the clashes that exist, but we don't so much have that ability to smooth out the clashes between work and home. We have a smorgasbord of people, dynamic personalities, all kinds of different people in our companies. And yeah, as a business owner, you are tasked to manage that, like it or not, right? Going back to my cinder block example, the small-minded business owner can just think all they're doing is blocks, turning that into buildings and warehouses and whatnot. But if you look at my example from crushing stone all the way to the building that transforms a community, that's pretty darn important. And the people along the way can really matter. And the people along the way can have ownership of that new building in a town that turns it around. And that's, to me, very cool, right? That that can happen. And so, for me, this, this, you know, kind of digging in more to this clash that exists now outside of the workplace, but that gets brought in, it kind of dovetails into part two that we'll cover next week. It's, It's about that new cuts don't exactly equal old scars. So the clash that somebody brings to where they work, their workstation, their workplace, their their job in the field. You know, when we say, well, why aren't they getting it? What's going on? They seem like they're off today. Well, maybe they are. You know, maybe their kid uh, is on the other end of being bullied in school. And it's really, really a problem. You know, uh, maybe their kid's really struggling in school. I can attest to that with my oldest. It was to the point of suicide for him. Like, I'm a hunter. I like to go hunting and I have firearms in the house. And I'm, you know, I have my Cider 57 brand on, live on your feet, not on your knees. Very pro-constitution. I believe in the Second Amendment. So for me to take firearms out of the house at that time period and lock them away with a trusted friend was a very big step for us. But it was the most important step for my son because... Teenagers do dumb stuff often. And, you know, we, my wife and I just didn't want, didn't want that dumb mistake to happen. And so people bring those kinds of clashes to work all the time. They can't just leave them at home just because they punch the clock. It doesn't mean what's up in here flies out and gets put on the side. You know, we can't even expect it to go back burner in their mind because it's very present. Their family is important. Their struggles are important. And yeah, they do bring them to work. And so when we say, why aren't they getting it? What don't they understand? What's the problem? What's the hesitation? Why is production half half as fast as it was yesterday? Why are we so slow? Why is the things going out? Why are we missing quota? Maybe we need to be asking ourselves, we're getting the lion's share of this person's waking hours Monday through Friday. We're getting more than a third of their day. Because eight hours just straight up as a third. And I don't know about you, but I haven't found the George Jetson button to teleport anybody from their home to my place of business, the businesses that I do own, in an instant. So we're getting the lion's share. We're getting more than a third of their wake of their day, and we're getting more than likely half of their waking hours if they sleep eight hours a night. Some people have half hour, one hour commutes. Some days it's a nine hour workday because lunch break is unpaid. And so we're getting that time. We need to respect it. 
And I say that as a capitalistic guy. But I say all of this as somebody with a big heart. If you've read the book that carries a big, big wound and who's doing what I'm doing right now, sharing this out, speaking to you, having written this book with my story, I'm doing this so I can help others stand into that power, find that purpose, find their purpose. And uh, I'm sorry, understand their superpower and deliver their purpose. It's been a long day for me. Uh, but I'm doing that because one moment at a time, this presentation, speaking on a stage, working with somebody and their team, helping them heal, going to help me heal. That's the only way it's going to happen for me. I'm pretty sure. Um, and so I would challenge you as that leader, as that business owner, if you're somebody getting this and you don't own a business, you just got 10 copies of the book because you were connected to it. I know there's people around you that you have an opportunity to be impactful for. So go do it. Go do it and understand that every day they bring a clash that exists. Maybe it's a direct clash with you head to head. Maybe it's a clash in the, the charity event you're organizing, right? That time that they're giving you and a time in their life elsewhere presents these clashes. And we need to first understand that that exists. We need to first understand that we're getting that lion's share of waking hours, Monday through Friday, or you know whatever your work schedule is. And that, yes, yes, we do need to produce. We do need to do work. But we do need to understand that these are human beings and not human doers. Okay, if you're going to have that unempathetic heart, you're going to have that, I just have a business that produces X, Y, and Z, and that's all I care about. Guess what? You're in a fantastic time and it's just about your time to have a place without a human heart. It's just about your time to have a place without empathy and understanding because we're just about at the point where AI and robots and automation are going to replace all the humans. Congratulations. You'll have the exact business you want. And I say that forcefully because that's really what you're asking for. But I don't think anybody really wants that. I think people who say that don't really believe it in here. And they're saying it from a place of harm. They're saying it from a place of hurt. And again, one of the themes, one of the things that I challenge you to think about is if you're that hurt leader, you're that person that is suffering in plain sight, right? Hiding in plain sight, a very hurtful story. And, and again, I don't want to have a contest with you about what hurt you, what your hurt is, what you're carrying. I'm not here to weigh that out with you. If it's hurtful to you, so be it. But oftentimes that comes out and you become that hardcore person, that person's like that I just laid out, right? I don't care. We're here to do business and business only. Leave your nonsense at the door. It doesn't matter. I want my eight hours eight hours a day and you're lucky to get your breaks. Thank God the government gives them to you because I wouldn't. If you know, Look, I don't believe there's any human that really believes that. People say that because they're hurting and that's ju it's just their way of dealing. We're not given a super successful life for dummies book in this life, right? People like me share their stories and people like you get them and then we connect this way. And so my belief is if we as leaders connect to empathetic 
understanding that we are getting that lion's share of time and maybe we could do something with it. Maybe out of that eight hours, we could carve out 20 minutes a day to uh, listen to a podcast, 20 minutes a day to have a book of the month where you're going to get paid to read on the job. You're going to get paid to listen to a great podcast. You're going to get paid to watch a YouTube video. And then we're going to talk about it every other week. We're going to talk about it once a month. I'm going to invest in leveling you up. I'm going to invest in my human capital. The same way you invest in your equipment, you buy new trucks, you buy new machinery, you invest in new software, new computers, you invest in that capital aspect of your business. Where is the expansion of space in your business to invest in your human capital? That would be the question that I leave you with today. That would be the thought that I challenge you with today. And if you're already on this path, fantastic. How much bigger can you make it? If you're already creating impact, take those people that are following your lead. Take those people that are the people to pick up what you're throwing down, right? Not to, not to speak ill of, of my people that weren't doing their reports. But if you've got those people, and by the way, I have those people now, but if you've got those people, really pour into me. Get them to multiply their impact within the company. Get them to multiply the impact within the community you do business with. Expand that space. That's what this is all about. That's the difference between carrying a sword and carrying a shield. That shield above your head can grow and grow and grow. As it expands out, others can help hold it out, right? You can only carry so long of a sword. What What's somebody going to do in the middle of that sword if it expands to help you swing it? Cut their own hands swinging it? That's not going to work. That's the difference here, right? So that shield expands. You bring others in. Your leaders you develop help hold it up. It expands more. You bring more people in. Wash, rinse, repeat. It can only be done with that shield concept. That's my challenge to you. Thank you for watching part one. We'll be back next week with part two, where we'll talk about how those new cuts don't equal those old scars. All right, everybody, thank you so much for watching. Do appreciate you. Thank you for supporting the book. If you'd like to get the book, This Space for Leadership, you go to thejeffg.com slash book. All of the bonuses are there. You'll get the bonus recordings. You won't get them live likely by this point, but you'll get the bonus recordings. They'll still be there for you. And uh, I would love for you to get that. And I'm also offering on that site now the opportunity for you to uh, get a signed autographed copy of the book mailed to you for $15, right? So I have copies here. I'll mail it, get it out to you. I'll sign it, put a little message in there for you. And uh, we'll be even more so connected. If I could help you dig deeper into these concepts with your team, with your managers, with yourself. Uh, this is what I do. This is how I consult. One of the ways I consult uh, in the development of, of a leader, in the development of thought, in the development of bringing a new way forward uh, for yourself, for your people. Create that foundational healing, build on the impact, expand that space, and live a life in business that you never thought possible. So if I can help you that way, uh, please go to thejeffg.com slash mission. On that page, you can book a call with me directly and uh, I'd love to talk. All right. Thank you everybody for watching and uh, looking forward to giving you parts two and three here soon. 
Take care. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Big Ticket Life. You've heard from another amazing guest living their own big ticket life, and now it's time to live yours. First, I'd love for you to take me up on my free gift to you. Find your gift at gift.thebigticketlife.live. That's gift.thebigticketlife.live. See, all your life you've been told what is and what is impossible by the loudest voices from the cheapest seats. It's time to finally do life and business on your terms. Sure, you've heard similar things, but without clarity on what can be done, it's easy to have your customers, employees, maybe even partners, and your spouse keep you from truly living a big ticket life. My big ticket methods shift you into that investor seat in your business, away from commodity and away from competition into a market of one so you can finally live your own big ticket life. So my gift to you is for you to book your discovery call today where we'll uncover first the Chivo behaviors, those chief everything officer behaviors that hold you back and why moving into the investor seat in your own business is critical. Two, we'll uncover the premium position that's up for grabs right now in your market that you're missing out on. And three, which big ticket methodologies are just waiting to be dropped into your business to explode your sales and profits. So again, thanks for listening to this episode. I'd love for you to take action right now. Accept this gift, book your call, go to gift.thebigticketlife.live. Again, that's gift.thebigticketlife.live.